Hello, What If Project friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode number 14, uh, and I'm calling it a different kind of prayer. Now, before we get into a different kind of prayer, um, a couple of updates. First of all, um, it's 5.30 in the morning on Saturday. Um, I have to work, be at work at 7.30 this morning. Um, it is Black Friday weekend. Um, I guess that's what we're doing now. I guess having one day of horror for you know retail employees is not enough. So now we do um, four. There's a lot of um, companies, a lot of malls that are kind of advertising now, like Black Saturday, and you know you obviously have Cyber Monday, which is where deals go online. But a lot of those deals can be found in the store as well. People are still off from work. Um, it's just, it is mayhem. I mean, at the mall yesterday on Black Friday, absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I don't know what today is going to be like, but I got to be there at 7.30. Um, I was up late last night working on my paper for school. I told you about that last week, and I think I mentioned it the week before as well. But I'm finishing up the last paper that I have for school, and um, it's a theology paper on the book of Mark, um, the gospel of Mark, because we've been talking a lot about the gospel of Mark here on the podcast, um, in our discussion group that meets on Sunday nights. Um, I've been studying it on my own, been blogging about it, so I'm like overflowing with Mark stuff. And the thing I'm really struggling with is that I have so many ideas and so much content, I don't know what to do with it all to fit it into 20 pages. So I'm really having to cut out a lot of stuff and be really, really picky about what I include um, in this paper and what doesn't make the cut. So um, what I'm trying to do is kind of look at the Gospel of Mark and pull out themes. Um, so the first theme is the is Mark's Jesus, I'm calling it. So um, like different ways that Mark um, describes Jesus through the stories that he tells, um, kind of the narrative that he weaves together. Um, so like one, uh, topic I have the, it's called the real good news. Um, you know, the Jesus is good news and then Jesus, the hearer of the cry, um, Jesus, the boundary crosser, uh, Jesus, the rule breaker, Jesus, the, um, king of the upside down kingdom, Jesus, the atheist is going to be a section. Then I kind of move into, um, things that Mark has to say about the, the church and oppressive structures. Um, so tradition is not always right is going to be a topic. Um, don't make people tithe is going to be a topic. Um, Jesus never spoke about hell is going to be a topic. Um, and then I kind of move into the last piece, which is um, bigger themes, overarching themes throughout the book of Mark. So uh, the number 12 will be one. We've talked about that here on the podcast, um, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, which appears a lot throughout the gospel, almost as it's as if it's its own character, and then uh, the crowds as well that follow Jesus around. So those are the topics I'm trying to fit into 20 pages. I'm on page nine, uh, just about done with page nine right now. I'm about to start um, Jesus the Atheist. So that's probably about halfway through the paper. Um, so making progress. That will be up on the blog sometime in December. And um, also, we'll try to record that into a podcast as well. We will see how 
how that goes. Um, should be pretty cool. Um, I have a humongous cup of coffee here, and if I stop for a moment, it might be for dramatic effect, you know, to let you think about something that I just said, but probably more so for me to take a sip of the coffee and then um, just not edit it out because, you know, why? You know, let's just all drink coffee. Coffee is good. Um, anyway, I'm getting way off of my track here. But um, yes, this is episode number 14, um, and uh, we're calling it a different kind of prayer. And I want to tell you one other thing. What was it? Oh, yeah. So um, this Sunday is the last meeting of our online discussion group. Um, this is it. We've met um, a whole bunch of weeks starting in September, and we're going to meet for the last time this Sunday. And uh, then discussion groups will take a break for a while. I'm going to give that group maybe a, an online survey to fill out, kind of talk to me about things that they felt worked, maybe didn't work, things to tweak later on. Um, I have some things just right off the top of my head that were great, but other things that, you know, maybe not so much that I kind of want to change and do a little bit differently. Um, there will be a new discussion group starting up sometime early next year. Haven't decided when. Um, only because I don't know when my dissertation defense is going to be yet. I don't know what kind of edits I might have to make, last-minute edits in January. The whole thing is due February 1st, so I don't really know what the beginning of the year is going to hold yet um, for that. And um, I don't want to be too distracted from getting that done. Um, so um, the blog and the uh, podcast is probably pretty much everything I can handle outside of school. Uh, so I really want to kind of focus on that, finish strong, get it done. Um, so I don't know. There might be a, like a short one um, in early in the year. There might, there might not. I don't really know yet. I haven't figured it out. Uh, but stay tuned. Um, stuff will be happening. Um, I will kind of throw it up on the website so you know um, what's happening and give you the opportunity to sign up if you so desire. Uh, I will, just so you know, probably keep the group small. That was one of the things I realized was having a group that was very large uh, didn't give everybody the chance to talk and to share every week. Um, so there was a couple meetings where not everybody was able to make it and the group was smaller, so like four or five people. That's probably going to be the max of people that I let into this next group. And if a lot of people try to sign up, I might have two groups. Um, so we'll see kind of what happens with that. Anyway. Let's talk about episode number 14, a different kind of prayer. Uh, Mark chapter 10 we are in. Um, Jesus and his disciples landed in a place called Jericho. Now, right off the bat, uh, that's interesting. Because back in the Old Testament book of Joshua, uh, Jericho was the location of a giant city that the nation of Israel needed to capture on their way to obtaining the promised land of Canaan. The problem, though, was that the city was bigger than anyone had ever seen and was surrounded by a wall that was um, like impenetrable. Like you could not get through it. And on top of that, um, Jericho had lots of soldiers who had lots of weapons and all of that seemed to add up to a, a gigantic loss for the nation of uh, Israel. But as the story goes, God told Joshua and his troops to march around the city and when they did, the walls fell down. And Israel marched in and took control of the land. And so in Mark 10, Jesus and his disciples arrive in this place called Jericho, uh, the very place where fear had once overtaken the Jews 
uh, the very place where God had dispelled those fears by performing an unthinkable miracle on behalf of his people. Right? The walls of the gigantic city came crashing down, and their future entrance into the promised land became clearer and clearer. This is important background, at least I think so, because in Mark chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples arrive in the same Jericho and encounter a blind man named Bartimaeus, who began to shout for uh, help when he heard that Jesus was near. He's like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Mark says that people told him to be quiet. Like, be quiet. You know, stop making such a scene. You know, Jesus is, is busy. He has important things to do. But Mark says that he cried out all the more, help, have mercy, right? Like, hey, Jesus, over here. Now, maybe it's a stretch to say this, but I think at least the parallel is, is pretty clear. Uh, as was true for the, the Jews many years earlier, Bartimaeus had walls up in front of his eyes that were keeping him from seeing the future right? Like those scales in front of his eyes were impenetrable. And they created a a deep sense of hopelessness inside. And there was nothing that he could really do on his own to break through it. Like, I wonder if he ever thought, like, I'll always be like this. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing anyone can do. All of my days from here on out are going to be the same, right? He needed an unthinkable miracle. And I think that, that Mark is sure to tell us that the story takes place in Jericho because, because maybe he wants the story of Joshua and the walls falling down in Jericho to be playing in the background of our minds. As Jesus encounters this blind man who's looking for a, a miracle of his own because Mark wants us to know and anticipate that an unthinkable miracle is coming in the story. Just as walls fell down for the Israelites some hundreds of years earlier, So walls were about to fall down for this lone Israelite some hundreds of years later. Mark says that Jesus heard Bartimaeus cry and asked someone to bring him to him. And when Bartimaeus arrived, Jesus looked at him and said, what do you want me to do for you? Right? What a silly question. I don't know. um, I'd like a vacation to the Caribbean. Right? I'd like a hamburger. Like a million dollars. Duh, Jesus. Right? Like, I want to see. I have walls up in front of my eyes. I can't break through them. Like the ancestors from many years ago, my situation is hopeless. The future is bleak. I sit here day and night begging for money, begging for help. I can't do it anymore, Jesus. I want to see. Now, immediately, Mark says, he regained his sight and followed him on the way, right? His faith made him well. Now, there's a lot that we could talk about here. Um, a lot of stuff, and I wanted to go in a thousand different directions, but I want to zero in on one question, the one question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus, uh, because really, it's an odd question, right? Like, what do you want me to do for you? Why did he ask that? What was the point? Why did he make Bartimaeus voice what he wanted, uh, what he needed from, from Jesus, Now, one of the things we need to realize is that Mark places this question from the Bartimaeus story shortly after he tells the story of Jesus asking the very same question to his disciples a few verses earlier. So don't miss this. In verse 36, Jesus asked the disciples, what do you want me to do for you? And now in verse 51, he asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Same question. 
to two different groups of people, two different people, in the very same chapter of the very same book, within like a, a couple of pages of each other. Now, I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating. In seminary, I had a professor who said that whenever you see a word or a phrase or a question of some sort repeated in the Bible once or twice or ten times within a few pages, a few paragraphs of each other, that's because the writer of the story or the book wants the reader to pick up on something deeper that he's trying to get across beneath the surface. And so when I read Jesus asking the disciples in verse 36, what do you want me to do for you? And then repeating the same question to Bartimaeus, uh, what is it, 16 verses later, it makes me think that Mark's Jesus is not only positioning that question to the disciples and to Bartimaeus, but he's also posing that same question to the reader. What do you want me to do for you? Right? Reader, what do you want me to do for you? And remember, Mark's original readers were reading these stories in the wake of a tragedy, right? Like, that's super important. If you remember all the way back to our very first post on Mark, we talked about how Mark's readers just saw their friends and family members brutally murdered in the streets uh, by Emperor Nero in 65 AD, right? Blood was shed, lives were lost, nothing would ever be the same. So what do you want me to do for you? Mark is asking his readers. What do you want Jesus to do for you? What do you need from him this day? Now, in verse 37, the disciples respond and said, let us sit, let us, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other sit at your left when you enter into your glory. In other words, we want power, right? We want authority. We want fame. We want glory. We want the perfect life. We have followed you around, Jesus. We've helped you on your mission. We've put ourselves out there for you. Now we want a slice of the pie. Bartimaeus, however, simply responded to the question and said, I want to see. And so I think Mark included Jesus' question to the disciples and his question to Bartimaeus because he wants his readers to know that those are the two options they had in terms of how to respond to Jesus' question. One, I want you to fix this mess. I want you to destroy our enemies. I want you to help us raise up an army. We want glory. We want revenge. We want authority. We want to repay the Romans and Nero for what they've done to us. We want to sit next to you in your kingdom. Or, two, they could respond and say, I want to see. Right? Life is hard right now. Friends and family members have been slain in the streets. Blood is everywhere. Man, we're lost, we're confused, broken, angry, bitter. You said you'd be here, Jesus, but there are scales in front of our eyes. Walls in front of our eyes that are blocking our side of you. Walls the size of those old Jericho walls, impenetrable walls. Would you please, Jesus, give us the ability to see where you are, what you're doing, how we should respond, would you take down these walls so that we can see? In essence, Mark is saying, Jesus asked the disciples what they wanted him to do for them, and they said they wanted power and glory and fame. He asked Bartimaeus the same question. He said he wanted to be able to see. And so he's asking you the same thing. So which response will be yours? Fame and glory and power? Or the ability to see as God Sees. Now, I tell you all of this, give you all of this background, all these ideas, because I think that if, if Mark were sitting here with us today, 
knowing the problems and worries and concerns of our times in our lives, I think he would tell us that we can respond in one of those same two ways. We can either ask Jesus to fix it all, make it better, pad our lives with ease, with money, with nice jobs, good health, etc. Right? Jesus, I want to sit at your left or your right hand. Right? I want power. I want fame. I want things to be easy in my life. Like I followed you around for a long time. I've given up some stuff for you. Um, I really, really, this is what I want. I want to be able to sit at your right hand. Right? Or, two, we can ask him to give us the ability to see. So that no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the problems are, no matter what Nero's are running wild in the streets of our lives causing havoc and problems and bloodshed, we will be able to see as God sees and know beyond a doubt where he is, what he's doing, and how he's directing our steps. Lord, I want to see. That's a different way to pray. Right? Because a lot of times when we pray, we ask God to take away our problems, make things easier. I want this to go away. I want answers. God, I want my life to be easier. I'm tired of all these problems. Make me better. Need more money. Need a better job. Need to pay the bills. Need help with the kids. Need help with the marriage. Right? All these things. God, I, I want to sit at your right hand. I want to tap into that power, God, so I can make my life better. Try praying like this. God, I want to see. I'm not asking to make the problems go away. I'm asking you to help take the scales off of my eyes so I can see what you're doing in the midst of the problem. God, I'm not asking you to make my life easier. I'm believing that you are here because that's what you promised. So God, would you help me to see where you are, what you're doing, where you're moving, why you brought me to this place, why life has brought me to this place. God, would you help me to see your presence. Regardless of what's going on around me, everything could be crashing down around me, but you promised that you would be here. I believe you are. Would you show me where you are and what you're doing so I can join in with you in that? Lord, I want to see. Pray like that this week. Give it a shot. Uh, Episode number 14, A Different Kind of Prayer. Talk to you next time. Thank you so much for stopping by the What If Project podcast today. It was great to have you here, and I really just appreciate your your support. And hey, if this encouraged you at all, if it challenged you, if it pushed you, uh, challenged you in your perspective and how you understand the Bible, I would just ask that you head over to your podcast uh, listening platform of choice, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, wherever it is that you're listening to this now, and uh, leave some feedback, leave a rating. Um, Those ratings definitely help because it helps uh, bump the podcast up a little bit in iTunes. um, And it gives people also a little bit of a kind of a look as to what to expect when they read what other people are saying about it. So if you could do that for me, that would be fantastic. Also head over to the Facebook page and um, you can go to Facebook, type in What If Project, the page will pop up. Give it a like, feel free to join in whatever kind of discussion may be going on there. And also keep an eye out uh, for the upcoming online small group. Right now we're in the middle of one for Mark. Uh, There will be coming another one later on, probably very early in the new year. So if you'd like to sign up for that, Um, All of the things will be up, pointing you in the right direction, and it would be great to see you there. So again, thank you so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.